Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Good morning. Uh, Welcome to worship, and if you're visiting with us, we'd especially like to welcome you and invite you to uh, sign a communication card, which looks like this. Um, You'll find it in the pew right in front of you. You may drop that in the offering plate. We'd love to uh, thank you for being here. Uh, Thanks to everyone who filled out an estimate of giving card for our Making All Things New uh, campaign. Your faithful generosity is inspiring for us all. When we make an estimate of giving, it indicates our best intentions for our financial support of our ministry at Good Shepherd for each fiscal year. And our offerings are this tangible way to give thanks to God and a way for us to support and invest in this ministry that we all love and that God calls us to. If if you would like to make an estimate of giving, you can just fill out a card. They're located on the table in the uh, lobby right outside the sanctuary door, the worship space door. And you can drop it in the mail or uh, give it to us, um, uh, put it in the offering plate and there are extra cards out there. You may also make your estimated giving online through the website. And if you're interested in learning um, how to fulfill your estimated giving directly from your bank account, you can do so through our database realm. There's an instruction sheet on the table outside the worship space on the carpeted part of the lobby that will tell you how to set that all up. Well, today at 9.30 and 11 a.m., we are blessing uh, the 16 people from Good Shepherd who are leaving um, either this week or early June to walk the ancient path of the El Camino de Santiago in Spain. We ask um, that you please pray for the pilgrims while they're away. There's been an article in the horn. And here's an exciting thing. If you'd like to keep track of us, you may do so on our website starting on June 6th. There'll be posts and you'll be able to see where we're going each day um, with some response from some of the people who are walking, kind of taking pictures and sharing their thoughts. Um, also, Pastor Alex will be posting those to our Facebook page too. So we hope that you will, um, for us who are walking, we hope that you will join us on our pilgrimage and uh, be praying for us and thinking about us. And here's an exciting opportunity. The VBS uh, needs some more volunteers the week of June 24th through 28th in the morning. And then Tuesday evenings, too, starting June 18th. To sign up, go to Good Shepherd website and click on the Start Here button, and then you'll find the uh, link for VBS. So if you can do that, please help us out because um, we have over 120 kids already signed up for the morning, and I don't think we're taking any more, but we just need all the help we can so we can share that good news with the children. Um, Those are all the announcements I have for today. The first reading is from Acts chapter 16. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was 
calling us to preach the good news there. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Samothrace. And the next day, we landed at Neapolis. From there, we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. And she listened to us. The Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. Here ends the reading. The second reading is from Revelations, chapters 21 and 22. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will they, there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and the Lamb will be there and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads, and there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say, and my Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey me, and remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you everything I have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. And if you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father, who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. The Gospel of our Lord. Well, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Theologian Richard Rohr, uh, in his book on the Trinity, called The Divine Dance, lists what he calls 70 evocative names for the Holy Spirit, such as gift of God, indwelling presence, 
promise of the Father, wind of change, descendant dove, just to name a few of the names for the Holy Spirit that might sound somewhat familiar to us. But there are 70 names he uses, and some are not familiar at all, but yet describe the Spirit nonetheless, such as homing device, God compass, knower of all things, truth speaker, softener of our hearts. Rohr uses these names to point out all the different ways God's spirit is active in uh, the lives of Christians and help lead those who are disciples of Jesus to reflect his love and concern for the world. In today's gospel lesson from John, we read about the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit. In fact, in these particular verses from John, these are the major passages where the Holy Spirit who Jesus describes as the paraclete, the one who comes alongside us and comforts us, is introduced. The Holy Spirit is the one who's called to be by our sides to comfort, encourage, and teach us. And the disciples will not be left alone and they're not going to be orphaned after Jesus ascends. The one who walks alongside them now will still be known in the paraclete, which will be breathed into them by the resurrected Christ on Easter evening, as told us in John's Gospel. And the primary reason for the gift of the Holy Spirit is so the disciples might experience the presence of Christ, the presence of Jesus, when he's no longer present. And the resurrection is all well and good, but it still means the departure of Jesus. And really, one of the extraordinary gifts of the incarnation of Jesus being here among the disciples was knowing this kind of companionship with God for which we all long and desperately need. But you see, the resurrection of Jesus promises us this, lifelong constant companionship with Jesus and with God because of the Holy Spirit which is given to each of us. Resurrection is that thing that secures that companionship when only isolation and separation seemed most likely. Well, according to the online dictionary of Merriam-Webster, companionship is the good feeling that comes from being with someone else. That criterion, I think, is helpful. I'd like to think that the good feeling Jesus is going for has to do with the reason for the... <clears throat> incarnation in the first place. And I sense that many of us have companions, but having someone to do things with is not necessarily always experience that good feeling with being with someone. You might remember the artist Prince. Does some of you remember the artist Prince? <laughs> well, Prince is known to have said, Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. And that's one reason for companionship with God is to get through this thing called life and not just to get through it, but to experience it in an abundant and wonderful and passionate way where we're out there serving and helping others. And that companionship of the Holy Spirit is the kind of accompaniment that helps us live with a resurrection and a hope-filled perspective. Without that, we might just kind of say it's all, you know, just going, just going, it's bad. 
So one of the things the Holy Spirit teaches us and advocates for us, and it is that very power of God which lives in us, and that power then in lets us, uh, it speaks to us and is, leads us and instructs us, and that's all happening through the work of the Spirit that lives in us. What I think this really means is that God knows that Christian life is too difficult to do it by ourselves, to do it alone. We do better in community in the church. We do better with taking up our crosses as we're doing it with somebody else. We do better with ministry if we're sharing it with someone else or others. We do better in sharing God's love if we're doing it together. When it comes to following Jesus, nothing really can be done alone. And so that is why when we were baptized, um, I guess the font is here, uh, when we were baptized, we pray for the Holy Spirit and we are promised that the Holy Spirit will enter our lives. And that, once again, tells us that we're strengthened and equipped to be disciples of Christ. And nobody expects us to do it alone. We have an advocate who comes alongside of us and is our constant companion as we seek to faithfully follow Jesus. Well, a pastor tells the story of having a summer factory job with only a couple of weeks to learn the job while he was a seminary student. And the foreman warned him when he was hired that he was going to be on vacation in about two weeks and that he would be in charge while the foreman was away. I'm thinking the factory had to be a little bit small. What about you guys? Not too big. But anyway, so the pastor said as uh, he did everything he could to learn that job before that man was going to leave. But still on that day, before he was going to leave on vacation, the foreman was going to leave on vacation, the pastor said he was just filled with anxiety. And on that day, though, the foreman came up to him and said, Son, here's my operation manual. This has everything I have told you. Any problem that will come up, you can figure it out and figure out how to handle it by just looking in this little book. This little book is your Bible on this job. The pastor said this made him first reflect on the Bible and then on the work of the Holy Spirit. For some people have thought about the Bible in this way, right? It's life's little instruction book. If you got questions about how to live your life as a Christian, you open it up and it'll show you how to live it. And I really think there's truth in that type of uh, thinking because that's why we study scripture all the time is so we can know God and know God's ways more. But according to the gospel writer of John, Jesus is saying that there's more. He doesn't say, I'm leaving you an instruction book, even though we do have scripture. He's saying, I'm leaving you a teacher a guide, a friend, a constant companion. And this advocate, the Spirit, will tell you all you need to know. Wow, that's quite a thing to be left with, isn't it? Quite a gift to be given. So the pastor said that for him then, the work of the Holy Spirit is more like if the foreman had said something to him like this. I'm getting ready to leave on vacation, but here's my email address, my cell phone number, my GPS location, and I want you to feel free to call me day or night if you got any questions or if this job gets to be too much for you. It's much more like 
throwing in the whole thing so you have it all so you can, uh, so you can have it if you need it, not just a book to look at. Sometimes when you consider the huge task to what Jesus calls us and his great expectation for us, you might get the impression that the life as a Christian is a heroic affair, which only the best and the brightest and most talented can do. But Jesus called and continues to call very ordinary people to follow him and do some very extraordinary things. In this scripture passage, Jesus is saying he does not expect us to be faithful by ourselves. He does not expect us to do anything by ourselves. In fact, the Gospel of John tells us that we really can't do anything by ourselves, that we need that spirit. Therefore, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to be our companion, to dwell within us so that we can be strengthened and do what we never thought we might be able to do as a follower of Jesus. The morning I was ordained uh, was one of the most humbling experiences of my life. There I was in my home congregation. Um, It was at that point over 100 years old, and I was just 27 years old, a long time ago. Um, And there I was, Patty, That's what I was known as at that time, the daughter of Barb and Ross Badke. And I saw the faces of all the people who had watched me grow up in the congregation. I saw the representatives from the congregation I would be soon serving. I saw the friends that had come to be a part of this celebration. And I saw family members who knew me from day one. And there I was. And in that moment, I caught this vision of all my limitations and all the things I did not yet know and the things I could not do well. And I thought to myself, how can I or anyone else have the courage to take on such a call? Then, in the rite of ordination, the bishop laid hands on my head and prayed the ancient prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. And in that moment, I was reminded that God nor the church had any intention of sending me out there into the world to do ministry by myself. I would be given the gift of the Holy Spirit like I was given in baptism to help me do this ministry to which I was called. I would not be a pastor by myself, the Spirit of God would guide me and be my constant companion. And you know what? In my ministry, I have come back to that truth over and over again. God guides me, and God is my companion and gives me the strength to do the ministry I have been called to. The Spirit of God is with me, but not just me, with all of us. The Spirit is walking with all of us so we can do the ministry we ourselves have been called to do. What a gift we have all been given. Well, the reading from Acts also points to the theme of companionship, but in a little bit different way. In that passage, Paul travels to Philippi because of the leading of the Spirit, 
And we're told a few verses earlier in Acts that in that section that he had wanted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit had urged him in a dream to go to Macedonia because people were longing to hear the good news there. So he follows the Spirit lead, and that's what we read today. And there he meets Lydia outside the walls of the city in a place for worship and um, of Philippi. And Lydia hears that good news, and her heart is awakened, and she is uh, baptized, and, and she is just grateful for the fact that people have come to help her grow in her faith. But she also recognizes their need for companionship, if you will, and she invites them to come and stay in her house, and that really becomes the starting point for the church in Philippi. Together, they get it done. A characteristic of living a resurrection life is this invitation to companionship with other Christians so we can be the body of Christ in the world. We're invited to do this together. And one of the truth of the resurrection is companionship is secured on many levels. And it does seem to me that it's easier to be a faithful follower of Christ when we can share that journey of faith with others and not just to have to walk it alone. There's an African proverb, it says, if you wanna go far, go together, go together. And that proverb reminds us that in living a faithful life, it's easier to do so if we serve as companions to each other along the way and in the places where we are called to serve. I think that's why I have always been excited to share ministry with others. I have been blessed by teaching with others in the area of confirmation for years, lots of faithful people working together to share the faith. I've been blessed by serving with others on mission trips where everybody just takes their best gifts and put them into the mix and gets something done. I've been blessed by uh, sharing caring ministries here amongst our congregations by just people kind of stepping up and saying, I can do that. I can help in this way. I've been blessed by being in a staff ministry all these years. And I think that's why I'm excited to be walking the Camino in Spain with 15 other people. I think together we'll be able to accomplish that trek of 75 miles, 115 kilometers. I think we'll get it done. And I know that we will all bring different gifts, uh, our God-given gifts to the trip. We've already experienced that and witnessed that as we've met together over the last nine months. And on our Camino, I know we'll be supporting one another, caring for one another, I'm not sure we'll be carrying each other, but maybe somewhere along the line. And I'm pretty sure one time or another, we'll get annoyed with one another along the way. But together, we will walk the ancient path, being open to God, what God shows us along the way. True companionship is hard to find. Where we hope for it sometimes, it fails us. Where we trusted in it, it sometimes deserves us. But here's the truth of the resurrection, that God is with us in the spirit. And God has become each of ours constant companion, there for us, comforting us, holding us, keeping us, empowering us. And that same spirit 
that same spirit calls us to be faithful companions as we live out our calls to serve in the world together. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.